Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Inside. It ain't the left side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fence Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the fan-sided network and finfanatic.com. Paul, one day in the books. Uh, we had a great time last night with our live draft show with everybody. Thank you for everybody who stopped by. And, and for those who watched the first round here, everybody knows we've got some talented players here. Heading into day two, the Dolphins have picks 36, so they'll be picking fourth and 18th here to start the second round. So they've got picks 36, 50, as well as 81 here in the third round. And to confess, Paul, I actually like day two more than day one. I I might be weird on that, but I really enjoy day two because the picks come off the board so quickly and you never know who anybody's going to take. Yeah, I'm I'm partly with you on that. I mean, I do love seeing the round one stuff, seeing some of the surprises, seeing who stays and, and who gets whiffed on. Um, I love the fact that my top Dolphins board still has a number of folks left on it, but I'm going to park on the day one stuff real quick because in reality, I think Miami did overall, yes, we all wanted Kyle Pitts. Um, yes, I wanted Micah Parsons badly, but... They really knocked it out of the park here. It's it sounds like, and listening to Pete Schrager talk, talking to his sources, um, the Dolphins basically got the the guy they wanted, and that's part of why they came back up to six and Jalen Waddle, who they had ahead of Jamar Chase, um, and then <clears throat> to get arguably, or not even arguably, the best edge rusher in the draft in Phillips, um, who if if they they can work through the injury issues, is a steal at eighteen. They did a very good job, and they added a couple of future draft picks in the process. Hey, Dolphins fans. This podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health, LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, we've been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. We are offering up to 15% off when you use code MINUTE15 at earthechofoods.com slash minutemedia. Follow on social media at the Danette May and at earthechofoods. Yeah, that's how I think it has to be looked at, where the Dolphins turn the third overall pick into Jalen Waddle and a first and a third rounder. So I think when you judge it that way, it's um, 
overall, it was a very good move. Um, you know, I I had a few guys ahead of Jalen Waddle, but not too many. I mean, Jalen Waddle was six overall on my Dolphins board. He was six overall on your Dolphins board. So and he went six. <laughs> and he went six. He went six. Absolutely. And Jalen Phillips too. We were even higher on. He he was in the top nine in our boards. You know, because yes, he's got the concussion history here, and that's going to be a concern or something to look out for here moving forward. But uh, to me, he's a clear D end one. Uh, and a otherwise top 10 pick, if not for the concussion issues. I'd rather have somebody saying, okay, if he stays healthy, I think he'll be great. He's got all the tools. Instead of saying, well, if he turns into a player that he wasn't in college, um, then he'll be great. Like I'd probably be saying with Quiddy Pay or Jason Oway. Yeah, uh, you know, Oway's the weirdest one out of all of them. I mean, I, I don't want to park on him too long, but he's the one that didn't have the production that I think in the right system at the NFL level is going to just shoot through the roof. Uh, I don't feel like he's got as low of a floor as most people might think based on just looking at his statistics. But, I mean, it's... I, I, I want to go back, though, to, to Phillips for a second. Um, you know, Travis tweeted out earlier today that I believe it was in every, once every six pass rush snaps, he put pressure on the quarterback which is insane numbers for, for a pass rusher. Uh, I mean, it, it's, I think CK put out there that that's, you know, Cam Wake territory, which, good Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about both guys here. And now we get to day two. Uh, uh, Paul, uh, we're going to be doing our live show again. I look forward to it. And I'll, I'll issue you a challenge here for do, day two, where before the picks come in, we will guess who the pick is going to be, and we'll keep score. Here's a uh, um, another part of it. If you guess a certain player is going to be picked at that spot, you can't guess him again for five more picks. Ooh. That way, because I we did this last year, and I remember every every pick. It got to a point where it's like. Uh, okay, um, uh, I, I've, I've got to say Yeter Gross Matos again. Well, I'll tell you right now, I am not going to guess a wide receiver when the Packers are on the board. <laughs> Jeez. Eric Stokes was a pick a cornerback. I mean, come on. Like, are you are – I, you... I was talking to the, the Finn Troopers earlier, and they were watching with a Packers fan, and apparently the Packers fan they were wa- watching with had the exact same reaction that I did, uh, if that tells you anything. Eric Stokes and Alex Leatherwood were were funny picks yesterday. I tell you what, but Paul, let's get to these day two prospects here. So you know, and and when you see an Eric Stokes and an Alex Leatherwood and a Peyton Turner go in the first round, that naturally shoves talent down to the bottom here. So or, or down to the second round, and that's what we have here. So the this thirty six overall pick acquired from the Texans again from the Laramie Tunsil deal, the the gift that keeps on giving here. Um, yeah, looking like a very, very valuable pick. So who who are your – how does your board look here for day two for the Dolphins? Well, it, it, I was going to do a specific day two board, but, but I went back to our top 36 Dolphins board. Um, and when I look at that, I've got <laughs> – God, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Like 16 guys left that were on my top 36 Dolphins board, um, which is insane. Um, and, you know, they're not all at the bottom end of the list either. 
so the thing that I, I actually want here, and, and I'm going to go back to something you put out on Twitter earlier today. It's, yes, I love Javante Williams. Yes, Javante Williams is on this list for me. But BPA trumps need is something that you said earlier today, and I may be paraphrasing a little bit there. Yeah, absolutely. And I have said all throughout this process that there are so many guys on day two that I think are impact players in rounds two and three, um, and, and some of whom will slide into day three, which I think is great. The thing I want first and foremost today is a few more picks in rounds two and three. Um, it, it's Even if we have to move down from 36 and miss on Javante, because you can possibly turn that into, you know, one of the mores at wide receiver um, to come in and, and impact that wide receiver and boogie bash him. Um, Javante may slide. Richie Grant. You've got Creed Humphrey and Quinn Miners on the board, both of whom, yes, they're listed as a center, but you could end up taking both of them and completing your offensive line because Quinn Miners, I love him at guard too. Um, you know, it, it's you've got Tevin Jenkins available that can come in and help complete that line. You've got Sam Cosme. Um, and, and number eight on my board, who who would slide down a bit now that we took Jalen Waddle, was Rashad Bateman, who I believe is still sitting out there. So, uh, looking at pick thirty six, it's going to come up pretty quickly here. Uh, you know, the fourth pick here on day two. Who who is the one guy if the Dolphins don't trade down that you're hoping is there? Is Javante at the top of your list? I'm gonna say. Javante is number two on my list behind Creed Humphrey. Okay, uh, okay. I, I just it's yes, I want a running back. I'm I'm not gonna underrate Miles Gaskin. I think you can still have a dominant running back position, especially with the receiver receiving core that we have now. Um with Miles Gaskin platooning with somebody else later on, like an Elijah Molden, um out of Louisiana La- Louisiana Lafayette, like a Ramondre Stevenson. I think Michael Carter and Kenneth Gainwell will still be there later on. Um, you know, so there are running backs that I think can, can come in and get the job done. But center is still the, the biggest gaping hole on this team. Yeah, and the center hasn't been taken yet. Um, so you've got Creed Humphrey, you've got Quinn Miners, Landon Dickerson isn't really our cup of tea because of all the injury problems. He is still on the board too. And I misspoke. Um, Bateman is not available. I. Uh, forgot to highlight him on my yeah mind. right yeah bateman uh i'm drawing a blank now I, ravens he did he went to the ravens you're right and, and and again i i'll say i'll say what i said before is i love elijah moore i'm not taking another receiver because it, it very simply i just don't know where you're gonna put him i mean i i, I don't want to draft an elijah moore and just destine him for failure because he's going to be the fifth or sixth receiver on this team like i it, it, wide receiver is a selfish man's position, like I've always said, and I, I just, I, I, I just don't think you can be so deep there that you're you're limiting somebody like that to a thirty catch season because that's 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 what's going to happen if you add another receiver here, even though there's a lot of talent left. That's let me how ask, I feel. let me ask you this while we're, we're we're parked on receiver here: Would you trade Devontae Parker? For a second this year and a second or third next year. 
Uh, I don't think Parker would get anything close to that. Uh, I'm just or, I, or a third this year. No, I, I I I would say Parker would get at best a fourth round pick if we're doing that. Really? Uh, yeah. I think he'd get at least a third. But I mean, you you've, you you've got to look at. Yes, he had a great season in 2019, but that's really the only great season he's had. And if the Dolphins are willing to trade him, you got to think teams are going to be a little bit worried on that. But if they got a higher return than I thought there. Yeah, maybe wide receiver enters the picture. But for me, I'm pretty much – wide receiver is really an afterthought for me uh, throughout the rest of this year. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of talent out there. And I, I look at how many players I would really be excited to – if the Dolphins could come away with two of them at 36 and 50. I, I take a look at that list here, and it goes about 12 deep. Uh so my top guy is Tevin Jenkins at right tackle. Um, I wonder if he's got some back issues that might be a bigger concern than than we think. Otherwise, man, oh, having him start at the right tackle spot next to Robert Hunt would be phenomenal. Number two, Trevon Morig is on my board. I think he'll be an all-pro safety. Um, right, uh, then three is running back Javante Williams for me. Four is Christian Barmore. And those top four guys – you tell me that you can get two of those four in this draft. I mean, this is starts. It starts to look like an A plus draft. Five is Quinn Miners, the center from Wisconsin Whitewater. Six Aziz Ojolari, still on the board. Uh, the the edge rusher from Georgia. You know, it's not as big of a need, but still, he can maybe play a little bit of off ball linebacker. Um, seven Dylan Radens from uh, North uh, Dakota State, the right tackle, very athletic. Number eight, um, Jeremiah Usu-Koromora has fallen a little bit on my board, not too much, uh, uh, but I, I, you know, still a very special hybrid uh, linebacker safety type talent. Then nine is Creed Humphrey, ten linebacker uh, Jabril Cox, eleven cornerback Elijah Molden, and twelve cornerback Aaron Robinson out of out of uh, Central Florida. So I see twelve players I would really really like to have. Yeah, and, and uh, two quick things. Um, St- Stauffer, or Stouffer in our, our chat basically said that they believe it was Dane Brugler, but they said that some hip issues were, were pushing Jenkins down in the draft. Okay, hip, uh, not back. Thank you. And Thank you. Uh, J- Jimmy Bones brought up that he's still unsettled about our safety situation after the last game against the Bills. I think the biggest issue for from that defense in the last game against the Bills has been resolved with the trade for Bernardrick McKinney. Um and then having having Jalen Phillips opposite uh, Manuel Agba, but the safety situation is an interesting one because you've got a handful of things that you can do with some of the players that are out there that can come in and be impact players right away. You've got guys like uh, Wusu Koromoa um, who can come in and be that hybrid linebacker safety in that positionless defense. You've got Richie Grant. And Trayvon Morick, who can come in and basically, you know, fly all over the place, uh, be be a switchblade in that defense, you name it, and coexist with some of the players that we have. Uh, and then you've got, you know, a little bit later on, possibly even in the third round, uh, a guy like D- Divine Diablo, who I've gotten to like more and more as the draft's gotten closer. Um, so it, it's you've got a lot of options at that safety position or even at that hybrid safety linebacker positionless tweener that that can come in and really impact a game, which is the biggest thing you want from a defender. Right. Yeah. I mean, at the safety spot, 
I, I see several good ones on the board here. I mean, Trevon Morg, we've talked about. Um, then you've got, you know, Javon Holland from, from Oregon, who I could see Brian Flores liking a lot because of his ability to play both in the slot, single high safety, all over the place. I don't think he's special in any, any area. Um, I think he's more of a Brandon Jones-like prospect where he's good across the board, very smart. Jamar Johnson from uh, Indiana is an interesting guy. 6'2", but plays a lot faster than than you would think here for his listed size. Uh, Richie Grant, y- your boy there, uh, you know, even though I've got him as my fifth safety, it, it's, there's really not much separating my second safety from the fifth. So, um, yeah, he's another guy. Also, James Wiggins is a sleeper, but I think I think he could be had a little bit later. So, yeah, man, I'm excited. I, I think uh, – Dude, I'm telling you right now. There's a lot of talent. I want the belly today. I want the belly today. It's, you know, Quinn Miners is sitting out there. I want him today. Um, If he's still there at pick 50, you can't let him go. I think that'd be great value. I wouldn't even be. I wouldn't even be mad if they took him at thirty six. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, they're, they're again like like I've listed off here. I mean, they're they're twelve, thirteen players. I would be elated with uh, at thirty six or fifty. I mean, Boogie Basham here. Hey, yeah, they drafted Jalen Phillips yesterday. But you you take a look at him and say, hey, not only do we have somebody, what's up? They can coexist. Yeah, and and also too. I mean. Excuse me. It gives you some flexibility uh, next year too, because Emmanuel Ibe is a free agent. Yep, and that's one of the things I've thought about too is developing Boogie to be that that Emmanuel Ogba replacement potentially. Um, in in addition to that, I I know a lot of folks have talked, and we've got to do something along that D line, and there might be a little too much talent to release somebody. I mean, maybe drafting Boogie. You start thinking about because he's got a little more size than some of these other edge players. Maybe you start thinking about moving Christian Wilkins. Yeah, I mean, I think Wilkins is the third best defensive tackle on the roster. Um, yeah, I, you know, Basham would be a best player available pick. I, I, I don't think he'll be the guy. I don't think any other defensive end will be. I think they'll go to other positions here, but you never know. I, I wouldn't hate it um, there. So, yeah, I uh, the the big question too at, at running back is, you know, ahead of the Dolphins today, you've got a couple of teams picking. I mean, Jaguars want to take a running back at you know with the first pick in the second round, but the Falcons and Jets have big needs of running back, and I my fear is that the Jets are going to come away with Javante Williams here, right in front of the Dolphins, and that was the risk of of uh, you know waiting I'd, to thirty six to address running back. I'd be more concerned based on your board. That they're going to come away with um, Tevin Jenkins or um, possibly Dylan Rattens for the Jets. possible possible because Elijah Vera Tucker uh, could play left guard for them. They've got uh, you know playing him next to Mackay Becton, and yeah, had going with a rookie there at right tackle to overtake George Fant. No, no doubt about that. That's that's quite a possibility, um, and, and I also think it's a possibility too. Like you said, that the Dolphins trade down here and accumulate more picks because after they pick at 81 in the third round you look at picks 80 between 82 and what 234 or whatever they have they they have one pick and that's at 156 so you bet Chris Greer is going to want is going to want to trade down accumulate 
some more picks, or at least they're going to start looking in that direction. Absolutely. It, it's There are so many guys that, like I said before, I like in, in really rounds two through four um, that I want more picks. I don't care if we trade a few of these guys. And, and one of the things that I've seen a few folks say, and I, I just want to touch on real quick, um, even though it's, it's not fully draft-related, but it could be, is... You know, some folks have gotten upset about the fact that we moved on from Kyle Van Noy so quickly, Shaq Lawson, Eric Flowers, as if they were failures. They weren't. Um, it was more due to the success uh, for for Flowers and for KVN. It was more due to the success of these guys developing quicker than thought to replace these stop gaps that Miami brought in last year. Um, and then for Shaq Lawson, he basically, like, it, it's... We didn't need Shaq Lawson as much as we needed Bernardrick McKinney, um, especially given the fact that we will hopefully be bringing back Jerome Baker next year, but it's not a guarantee. And Bernardrick McKinney is an all-pro inside linebacker. So it's, you know. You, well, uh, it, he was. Yeah, uh, he, he, yeah I, I think he may have taken a, a step back here uh, from, you know, two years ago, but He's still a good run defender. I mean, I think he's an upgrade from Landon Roberts, uh, and, and I think that's kind of the role he'll play. Uh, so now, now, but on, you don't have to have somebody uh, coming down on the edge as much. You, you've got Phillips and Ogba out there. I mean, I, I think that's what's exciting here. And I, I thought, too, that the Dolphins want to upgrade from Shaq Lawson because Shaq Lawson was a one-dimensional, crush-the-left-tackle-against-the-run type of player. And I didn't think they were looking for that. They have actually somebody on the engine, Phillips, who can win on on passing downs and get into the backfield opposite Agba. It allows you to get to the quarterback with four with four guys instead of having to blitz all the time. Now, I love how they do blitz, but it's also nice to get to the quarterback with four people. It is, but it, it's I, I I wouldn't want to see them reduce some of the, the the things that we saw with guys like Jerome Baker and Andrew Van Ginkel last year. Um, it's you know, I I want to see them rush the passer Van Ginkel more than Baker, uh, because I think Baker's at his best when it's a shocking surprise, when this massive individual is in your face the at the moment of the snap because freaking nobody nobody sees him coming. Um, I mean the best example of that would be look back at the Kansas City Chiefs game last year, where Ogbo was chasing Patrick Mahomes. And he did his patented little spin move that you can't throw out of, but you can create space to be able to turn and set your feet. And then he, you see his head jerk back when he realizes Jerome Baker's right there and chasing him down. Um, and you know what was it? A thirty-yard loss on, on the play? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was one of the. It was a great play by Baker there. And yeah, I hope they re-sign Baker. Would be interesting to see if they. You know, there's a lot of linebacker depth here, kind of in that third round area. If a Jabril Cox fell to 81, it'd be interesting to see if the Dolphins look that way to get themselves some insurance um, for Jerome Baker um, uh, in case he leaves after the season here. So, yeah, Paul, I mean, I see I'm really open to anything here because, you know, I think I think there are, you know, those 12 players that I've got my eye on. I think you can get two of them. Uh and I'm not even against them trading up from 50 to secure two players here. I'm also not against either of them trading down and accumulating more picks. It just depends how, on how the board falls. But what I said, too, on Twitter is 
Um, I'm looking really at, at my top three. I mean, I, at, at the top three guys that aren't Javante Williams, Tevin Jenkins, Trevon Morig, Christian Barmore. If you're telling me that you can get two of those three guys, I'm willing to punt running back and center. And you still may be able to come back at 81 and get Quinn Miners or Creed Humphrey if they're there. It's possible they'll probably be gone, but they might be there too. I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of mock drafts with 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 them as third rounders. So, yeah, an exciting day here, Paul. And and, and to piggyback off what you were just talking about with getting two of these guys, you can still trade down and get two two of the 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 top twelve you've got still available. I mean. Miami could realistically come away with three starters um, out of today at the least. What's that? They they could. um, If they traded down from 50 to get like a fourth round pick and then missed out on one of those guys I was talking about, um, I wouldn't like that too much. But yeah, I mean. Oh, I'm talking trade down from 36. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're right on that. You're, You're definitely right on that. Maybe you don't get. Tevin Jenkins or Trayvon Morig, if you have your eye on them, or Javante Williams. But yeah, I, I certainly understand your point. And and yeah, you you made a great point too. I that I forgot to respond to about yeah, Sh- uh, Shaq Lawson, Kyle Van Noy, um, and one guy I'm forgetting here too. That was Eric Flowers. That you know that that were axed here. And yeah, and you got and that's the the value of the draft here is that. Uh, you know, if if Andrew Van Ginkle doesn't step up, Kyle Van Noy is still on the team. If if um, Zach Sealer doesn't step up, I know the Dolphins didn't draft him, but they signed him for cheap. Um, Shaq Lawson's still on the team. Um, if if Solomon Kinley isn't drafted and plays well, Eric Flowers is still on the team. So that's got to be factored into into the decision making. Yeah, I, I know it's frustrating to sign these guys and then cut them a year later, but. If not for those players stepping up, uh, they they would still certainly be here. So I just wanted to point that out here. And and real quick with the Flowers signing, free agencies before the draft, Miami did not know when free agency hit last year that they were going to actually manage to come away from the NFL draft with three starting offensive linemen. Um, it, it's I'm sure they knew they'd come away with one or two, um, but I don't think that they in any way, shape, or form knew that they were going to be able to to pull off getting some of their guys here because we know Kinley was their guy with the way they traded up to get him, um, you know, between Jackson, Hunt, and Kinley. Um, so you absolutely sign Flowers. You don't whiff on the position in free agency just saying, well, I hope I get somebody in uh, the draft. Absolutely. So we'll uh, get back to it here in about an hour. And, oh, man, just uh, just exciting stuff. We all hope you can all join us again here for day two. We're going to go through the whole thing. And um, unlike some other shows out there, we're going to give instant analysis here too uh, about every player. We've talked. We've looked at every player. We're going to see what that means for the Dolphins here too. So be sure to join us. Follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media out- outlets, as well as the fan sided network and finfanatic.com. I'm Brian Cat NFL on Twitter, and Paul is fanatic underscore pick. If it's not on the right side and it's on the left side, it is on the fin side. See you soon. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. 
In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.